So, Paul, welcome to my podcast, Life Balance. Great stuff, Tom. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, really, really pleased to get you on. Uh, thanks for the time. I know you're a really busy man. Um, as you mentioned earlier on the phone, in between uh, Scotland and Costa Rica. So Yeah, unfortunately not so much Costa Rica at the moment, but we'll get out there soon. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So um, what would be really good then is if we could just kind of have a bit of a background about yourself. Um from wherever you want to start, just just so the listeners can kind of get an idea who you are, what you're about, and um, explain why you get the uh, advantage of disappearing to Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so my my story, you could say, is grew up in the south side of Glasgow in a place called Pollock. Now, Pollock today is very different to what it was back in the day. So it was a tough upbringing single parent household, my mum and two younger sisters. And she did the best that she could possibly do with the resources and the finances that she had. So she brought me up well, but we did struggle financially. Yeah. And it was something inside of me that just wanted more. I think it was a change of circumstances, a change of situation, just seeing how much that my mum really struggled. And unfortunately, being um, at a young age and not understanding the world and how things work. I blamed her for all the lack of, and it wasn't until I started to learn a little bit more and understand that she did the best that she could possibly do. So um, I ended up being around the wrong people, as most people do when they've got the wrong social network, the social circles and things. And I could quite easily have led down um, a path that could have ended up with being you know, in jail, which many of my friends at the time did for various different things, hooked on drugs, or even worse, which a few have, um, dead because of the wrong circles. So thankfully, there was a, a calling that pulled me somewhere else down the path of um, looking for information and knowledge to, to change and to better my life. And I kind of found personal development accidentally. Okay. Um, because I went along to a, a seminar that was called Millionaire Mind Intensive. And I thought, that sounds great. So <laughs> I'm going to go there. <laughs> I want to be a millionaire. So, so that's the goal. And um, going down there, I went to, to London and it was a TR Vecker event. And what, what an amazing guy. And that changed my life. I really got to see a, a whole different way of how you process information, how you think about things and getting around the right people. How old were you? So, well, yeah, that, that was all, you know, 18, 19, you know, late teens. Yeah. So I kind of found myself, um, you know, around about that age, um, going to, to university and, and, you know, I never, I never knew what I was doing in, in uni. I went to do like IT and computers and I hated everything to do with, with computers. But it was following the money. My, my family said that that's where you need to go. You need to get into IT. This is where the money is. It's computers. Yeah. And um, yeah, around that time while I was, you know, trying to, you know, get to, to figure out what I wanted, um, I, I kind of took a jump. I got a job in IT with my degree last there for about a year, year and a half. And then having gone through the, the mindset shifts of wanting to become an entrepreneur and going on these personal development events, so it's all about betting yourself, I took the leap. So at the age of, of 20, going on 21, I took the leap 
to my first entrepreneurial journey, which was event promotion. So I was promoting hypnotists and comedians, entertainers, and that lasted... Great networking uh, skills. <laughs> <laughs> and that lasted like, like six months and it failed miserably because I was so naive, have no idea what business was all about, you know, just thought that the money was going to roll in. Yeah. And it was around about that time when I felt that, what would I do? Do, do, I, do I continue pursuing this or what? So I found myself back in employment and um, I didn't want to get back into IT. So I started working with my uncle as a general labourer, just sweeping up, digging holes, fetching the coffee, you know, some of my best times, you know, I had great fun working on building sites. So right about that time, because of my, my IT degree, labour manager put me through my construction management degree. So I was quickly a trainee site manager working on some bigger sites in my early 20s. And it's around about this time with the continued personal development, going to your, your Tony Robbins seminars and any big personal development guru you can think about. I was absorbing and taking in their content. And it was all around about this time where, um, you know, for me, it was, it was starting to figure out, well, well, how do I make money? How do I make real money not working for someone else? Because I knew that working up the corporate ladder just wasn't for me. You know, I would see those at the peak of their, their career and I've seen some common things. One, they're all old as fuck yeah. and they had no time and, you know, all the things that they thought by making more money was going to give them the freedom to do things. All I saw was that they had no life. They were working crazy hours, out of shape, very miserable. And I thought, there is no way I'm working up that corporate ladder and, and wait until I'm in my 50s and 60s to be earning that kind of money. So, so that's where I went along to a seminar in Glasgow. That was all about property. It was an American company. And they were talking about how to get started in property. And, and that was it. The seed was just planted there. I couldn't afford their, their education. At the time, it was like 25000 for the education. I had no money, nothing. So, so for me, I just took what they were talking about and just started taking some steps. And then to fast forward, you know, I got involved in property. Once I built my portfolio to 10 properties, I then went full time. So I left my, my construction job at the age of 24 and became a, a full time property investor and built the business from there. And we are, you know, it's been a roller coaster still, even though when you start building your business. And I, and I had a, a quick windfall, which is something I always talk about because we have a lot of students that come through our programs. And, and if property's done right, you can make a lot of money very quickly. Yeah. And it's something you can really build a, a long-term wealth and have a great business with. But I had a lot of money that came too quick because it was during the last recession, you know, where property prices really get hit. Lots of opportunity came up. So I made my first million by the age of 25 and lost it by the age of 26. <laughs> so it was, like a, it was like a lottery win. It was like, you know, I had the wrong wealth thermostat, had the bad, you know, um, poor financial habits. So I was just blowing the money, doing all the stupid things that a 25-year-old would do when they came into money. Yeah. And it wasn't until 
um, <laughs> rock bottom, having to build things back up with proper business principles, having the right people around me, building, you know, um, building an actual business with staff and, and, and putting everything fun in place. Time, mate. Blowing a million, I bet that was fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, like the memories of when you were labouring, great memories. That's got to be some good memories as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, yeah, sometimes I look back and go, what on earth did I actually do with my money? Thankfully, I invested a portion of it, but you just squandered so much. You, you know, that time you think you're untouchable, you think that you can never do anything wrong, you think that the gravy train is going to keep on going. But I got complacent. I wasn't doing the work. I never had staff. So if I was hungover, which was a, a regular occurrence, being out partying Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, I mean, it's, it's not sustainable. You don't, you don't have a business so you take your focus off building something and then you, you, you put your energy into basically sabotaging everything and you don't see that in the moment. Never had anyone around me to guide me. So, yeah, I had to build things back up and thankfully over the last, you know, 10 years going on, it's been a very different decade. Yeah. Um, you know, built up the property business, built up the portfolio. My little one's in the background. You could probably hear yeah. just now. <laughs> is it here? This is the joys when you're doing Zoom and stuff at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless him. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, so, so that's I've, my background. I've got a, uh, a boy on the way in two weeks. So, you know. Wow. Sure it's going to be manic and noisy for me as well. It's all part of it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But sorry, carry on, carry on. Yeah, so, so, so really the, it's been um, a bit of a roller coaster. So we'll, we'll continue to build up the business. So, so property is my, uh, my main core business. I've got the portfolio. Um, but over and above that, we have a development company, we have a finance company, uh, which we uh, basically uh, finance deals. So we do a lot of joint ventures with people who go through our programs. Okay. It's effectively our own fund. So we are involved in some really nice projects. And um, bread and butter stuff, buying flips and uh, various other strategies that we teach in our programs. And we also have the education company as well. And over the latter you know, years, I've started to invest in other businesses as well and diversify and, um, and doing business consultancy. And, and um, yeah, so, so really that's, that's the bigger picture over you know, the last, what, decade plus. And it's been a roller coaster. There's been lots of ups and downs. It's been good. I can imagine, but it sounds sounds like from what you've said, you've kind of experienced that roller coaster, and then you've kind of guided it to a way now where, like you said, you're quite diverse. You can, you know, not have all your eggs in one basket, and um, you know, I think that's that's where everyone wants to be. They don't want to be vulnerable, and they want something that they can compound. And like you said earlier as well, you can it's kind of long term wealth, you know. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned about your portfolio. So what what have you focused on personally? Is that diverse with HMOs, single buy to lets, flats? I mean, what? How have you structured it? Yeah, so it's it's very different to what I now teach because I've made all the mistakes, of course. So people can fast track them. Now you learn. So, yeah. So so for me, I, I've not added to my portfolio for. Um, at least seven years in terms of my buy-to-let portfolio. Oh, wow. So every time, every time a tenant um, moves out, I renovate and sell the property. Wow. So um, my portfolio has um, declined over the last seven years. Still, still sitting there with uh, a lot of units. Yeah. Um, but 
But I'm taking a premium just now just to put that into perspective because a lot of people don't understand property. A lot of people come at property investing from the Warren Buffett school of thought. But Warren Buffett, you know, he's got a different mindset around things. It's hold for long term. But what people don't understand with property is that you should sell when you can get a premium. And what we've seen over the last few years is that property prices, if the property is renovated and it's in a good condition, will sell way above market value. Yeah. So when you're getting that premium, you've got to take advantage of that. Okay. And then you build your portfolio when the market's in a downturn. So we are going to see opportunity in the coming years off the back of everything that's happening just now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are due a recession and it's going to be deeper and longer and harder than any recession that we have been through in our lifetime. Lots of opportunity comes from that way. So from my point of view, it's take the premium when you can and then build the portfolio when it's a downturn. Right. So um, that's on the portfolio front. Um, over the last, well, for, for as long as I remember, we've still been doing buying flips. So we're just buying property, adding value by doing a renovation or extensions or conversions and then putting back on the market and selling. Right. And where my main focus, so, so my team, thankfully, over the years of building up the team, they look after the portfolio, the management of that, the, the buying flips and you know, some, some investments that we do on a smaller scale. Yeah. But where I'm more involved and where I'm focusing just now is where our fund comes into play, where we are, um, it's mainly acquiring land. And we do one or two things. We take it through planning and then sell on to a developer. Or if it fits our criteria, because we've got a very slight criteria of properties that we're going to develop ourselves across the central belt of Scotland, then we'll take it through planning and then build it out so it's a little bit diverse just now. With the plan again, play as well. We are working with some retirement village operators as well, which is um, a great concept, which works well in Australia, New Zealand, um, South Africa and the States. And it's now finding its way here in the UK. Very alternative way of thinking from care homes. It's a bit more like assisted living. And, and um, you know, it's just a different way of thinking about retiring when you're older, not having to go and retire in a care home, you retire somewhere, which is a great little community with a lot of support. And absolutely. So we are got a lot of planning plays in progress at the moment on that front. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the, the, the main play. If I was advising someone today to get started in property, I always get people to be very selective in what you add to your portfolio. It's got to, you know, the numbers have got to work. Yeah. You don't want to be investing so your money goes far in the sense of putting it in the deal, renovating, adding value, pulling it back out, and then you're holding a healthy portfolio. Your yeah. capital is not at risk because you're bought right in the first place. So you want to build a quality portfolio that's cash flowing well, where you can get your money out. And then, you know, you can do other strategies. And, you know, people have watched all the different programs like Grand Designs, Homes Under the Hammer and all this stuff. And that's where they get the buzz from wanting to invest in property and they, they see the pictures of a rundown property and turning it around and selling it and, and making profits if they've done it right. So, you know, that's that's always a good way of getting involved in property too. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think I think I'm I'm on the exact opposite end of the kind of level with property to you. I'm just getting into it. And I think the the motivation for me isn't so much a hype from something like that it's more so that i've been in the trade industry for so many years and it is consistent attention 
that I need to give to all my staff and I build a team and then that increases the management level, my input, and it's just an ongoing ad. And I think that what what I've started to realise, certainly through doing the show and kind of starting to look into people like yourself and others, that, you know, it's a way that it can be more passive um, and it, you know, if you put in as much energy, you can actually scale it up quite quickly as well, providing you have the right method like you're talking about. But then that, that's another thing that you just touched on there. A lot of people get into uh, building a portfolio because they think, ah, oh, you know, the immediate cash flow is, is the benefit. But I mean, how do you teach your students as an overall to look at the principles they should do when building a portfolio? Is it a mediocre cash flow? The fact that you're buying low refinancing to get out a certain percentage of your money when you're moving on or if you're flipping what margin you should be making i mean do you have like a formula or how do you look at it yeah my formula is slightly different in the way that we we teach people is because people come looking for an end goal a result and it's how that we get them there in the most efficient way possible you know you can make a lot of money in property quick, but you won't build a business overnight. A business is going to take many years of building the systems and the procedures and getting the consistency and things. Because you can just go out and buy a property, renovate it, sell it, make 50 grand. So, so you know, there's, there's no rocket science to that. Right. Of course, there's some things that, that make sure you get the profits and stuff, but there's no rocket science. So it's really building the business. So the kind of principles that I teach is understanding where someone's at. And we have um, two types of people that come to our programs. Um, one is someone who is looking to replace their current income because they want to be a full-time investor or developer. And then the other type of person that comes is they want to learn about property so they can build wealth for the future. They don't want to be a full-time investor or developer. They just want the income that property can give. So I need to cater for both. So for those who want to become a full-time property investor or developer, I'll get them focused on cash flow strategies. So the two strategies I get them to focus on, I'll say to them, build your portfolio later. Let's focus on building your wealth just now through buying flips, buying property, adding value and selling. Yep. And if you do that right, for the capital that you invest, you should be making circa 30% return on your investment. So we show different ways on how to leverage that, how to leverage finance, how to make your money go further. If you don't have the funds, because there's a number of people who want to get involved in property, but don't have the funds sitting there or the, the, the idea that you need lots of money to get started. So we get those people to focus on property deal trading. So you can out there sourcing investments, structuring a deal in the right manner, and then you're going to sell it on to other investors and you can make anywhere between five and 10,000 per transaction. So very quickly, you can build up your own cash flow and your Worcester funds to go and build your own portfolio, do some more back to flips. So if someone's looking to make a, a life career change and a transition into being a full-time investor or developer, I get them focusing on those first. Yeah. Those who are looking to build wealth for the long term or, or want you know, regular income coming in, they can do a little bit of the other strategies as well, but their focus will then move into buy-to-lets. And there's three key principles. You always buy at discount. You always want to add value. 
the fear of innovation or refurb, and you always want to get your money back out. So if you put 50,000 into a property, you need the deposit, you need the refurb, you need the associated purchasing costs. You want to make sure that you've bought the right discount, you've added enough value for the renovation so that when you go and refinance to pull your money out, you'll get your 50,000 pounds back. Oh, 100%. And that's the formula. That's the formula. Because that one fifty thousand pounds pot of cash can go into another property, and then another, and then you're just recycling the same funds. And if you happen to have more money, you can go more aggressive, do more. If you have less, maybe focus on some of the other strategies to build up that war chest of funds. No, that and that is such such a key bit of advice. And I think what people do from from my little time looking into the property kind of industry is that people like to overcomplicate things, don't they? And uh, come on, you know, I'm sure you've seen it with all the students that come to you and, and that can overload someone's brain and also it can leave them losing the money that they have little off to start with anyway. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely go see Paul for your uh, property needs, everyone. <laughs> Listen, simplicity um, is so key. That's, that's the biggest thing. You know, we live in a world where people make things complex yeah. and that's the biggest problem. You just follow a proven system you know that's all we need to do and um and 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 it works you know and if you're someone that can follow the system and do the work because it's going to take work then it's great you know you've got a winning formula yeah no definitely and it's it's tricky because i i had a a, like i said a trade industry business starting a portfolio and you know i've got a got a family on the way and it's i think a lot of people struggle as well with how they manage all these different things so that they're effective because sometimes it can be quite hard to distribute your time, but you know, I'm sure that's something that, you know, as they get going with you, they can, they can rely on you to, uh, to help them with as well. Um, so with, uh, with all this then, Paul, you've obviously done really well. And as you mentioned, you started from kind of a, a spot that wasn't, wasn't the best, let's say, um, to excel you at the beginning. What, what do you feel motivates you? I mean, you know, you said at the beginning of a single parent household, was that kind of a bit of a fire for you to prove something? And, you know, to, to, to be going this long since then, you must have had other things that actually keep you going. So, I mean, what, what, what would you say that is for you? Yeah, there's, there's been different things that have been that motivation over the years. And, um, you know, in the early days, it was, it was just money. I, I needed more money. That was the drive. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate when you, when you people talk about, oh, you need to have a bigger purpose and a bigger reason. And, you know, and, and, and it can't be all about money. Well, fuck you, my friend. It was all about money in the early days for me. <laughs> it's, it's, I knew that, that money was the only thing that could change my circumstances and situations. So I was driven to make more money. Yeah. And it was to escape my reality, I, I, I saw that my closest friends had things that we never. I saw people who got ahead. And the one thing that was very evident is that they had money to do those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I never took my first holiday abroad until, you know, in my, uh, almost like I was 19 or 20 because my mom couldn't afford this stuff and everybody around me would have those things. So the drive was simply make more money and change my circumstances and situation. But then when you get to the point where, where money's no longer the driver because you no longer have to worry about, you know, paying bills or having a lifestyle, then priorities change and things become a bit bigger. 
and um, you start to think why you're doing the very thing that you're doing and you forever question yourself and people are at all different you know, stages in their journey. And, it, and, and at one point I thought, well, I need to build a business and, you know, for validation that I'm a success in the eyes of other people. So I went through that phase of trying to prove myself. Yeah. You know, a bit like your experience and everyone else that goes through the apprentice, you're trying to prove yourself to Lord Sugar, you know, yeah. and, know. And, 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 you know, and, and that's, that's the challenge. It's, it's, and that's, I think I, I can relate, <clears throat> excuse me, to exactly what you just said a lot at the moment, because I, in, in my work life, I've kind of got to where I wanted to get to. Um, and then you think, and, and like you say, I, I, you know, I've been striving to be financially free for so long. And then you get there and you're like, oh, oh, what now? You know, and that, that is something that you need to find an answer to because a lot of people get in a hole where they, they don't have that drive and then they just settle, you know, and, and that was something that I think the show helped me with. It, made, it kind of got me out of my reality, plonked me in a new world and made me think, oh, actually, there's so much bloody more you can do, you know. Um, but have you, have you had that experience during the last few years then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, material things do drive people, but what I've come to realize is that when you when you get those material things, you know, the, the big house, the nice car, wh- whatever the goal is, a certain figure, the business is doing X, you, you have a moment of joy. And that is depressing as fuck when you realize that. <laughs> and you're like, what is, 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 is that it? I thought this would mean that I have made it. And you, you, you realize very quickly that material things is, is, might feel like it's a driver and if that drives you, great. But you've got to take that transition from material things to what I call experiences, you know? Yeah. So for, for me, it's, um, I believe that we're all here and we have a purpose to progress and expand to become the best possible version that we can be you know um you know i don't owe it just to myself to show up as the best paul mcfadden version you know because i owe it to my wife to show up as the best possible husband i've not perfected that but i'm working on it <laughs> i owe it to my i owe it to my my two kids yeah. to show up as the best you know father still working on that one as well you know I need to show up in, in my fitness because I know that if I'm feeling good about myself and I'm feeling my body the right things, that's going to have a knock-on effect in other areas of my life and show up to my, you know, my staff and my clients and my business partners. And, and if you show up and, and you're progressing in life and just chasing down the best possible version, the, the 10 years from now version of you, chasing that person down, yeah, that that there to me is what life is all about. It's not trying to be in competition or to beat someone else. Competition's healthy, but the bottom line is, is looking in the mirror and go, well, who do you want to be a year from now? Not one dimensional, as in just being great at business to the sacrifice of health and family and so forth. How can you attempt by daily choices along the way to become the best possible version? to be that inspiration, to be that example for others. Yeah. And that, that's, I couldn't think of a better way of, of putting it. That's, um, it's making sure that you're turning up to family, to, to your work commitments and to an ongoing 
financial stability that you can provide to your family that they can live off. And it, you know, it's, it's you being the best version of you. And I think to find yourself in a position where you can consistently work on that is, um, is a credit in yourself, isn't it? So yeah, it's, so good so um i suppose the last thing then where where do you see yourself going is it is it continuously chasing yourself that for year on year on year on year to try and improve or you know what have you got something set it set in mind to live in costa rica for life <laughs> yeah we'll probably spend more time um, than normal in costa rica yeah uh, but it's it's not somewhere i could yeah, I could retire. I think it's too slow for my liking. Yeah. But for for me, it's um, you know, like I I have um, I have a number of things that I'm working towards. Again, it's all about experiences. Um, I have a number of business interests that really stimulate my mind and, and keep me moving forward. And I get a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment out of that. Um, a big driver for me is that um, I want to change the financial education system here in the UK and, and worldwide as it starts to expand and grow. And that works with teaching people the right mindset and the right financial money habits. So we're developing and working on a lot of stuff at the moment and that will roll out in the coming years. And, um, and, and that's really to, to help the, the youth and people in underprivileged areas, you know, to really start to understand how to manage money, how to invest, and more importantly, how to, to not be limited by their own mind. Because unfortunately, we don't get taught this stuff at school. And I think that this really needs to become a priority because it's the answer to everything. If you know how to manage money at a young age, yeah. I mean, my daughters, they've got no choice. They yeah. already know two and three, you know, they'll, they'll have certain money habits. And by the time they're 18, if they've not created significant wealth themselves by default, I mean, I've fucking failed as a father, all right? Not it's about them getting out and making money, but it's just almost impossible because of the influence they're going to have, the people they're going to be around, and, and the, you know, both myself and Alexa and what we teach them around, around money habits and, and, and how to put that money to work. And that's a big driver for me. And, um, you know, so, so everything still moves forward and I still feel like I've got a, a lot of time and, and energy. I feel like I'm, I'm just getting started yeah. and a lot of things that I'm doing. So it's not right. looking too far in the future, just keeping focused on what's happening in the next five to 10 years. And it's much more of, of the same, just keeping on building, continuing to expand and growing and, and taking some big risks and being prepared to do that and um, live by what happens with those because not everything is plain sailing in this world of business as you'll know but there's lots of lessons learned in that progress no no totally definitely and it's yeah what you just said then about morals is that your kids don't have a choice they're going to be influenced by your and your wife's morals which is such a privilege but there's so many kids out there with families where their parents may not have the correct morals or they don't have any parents around and, and that is something that if you can kind of put that out there as an independent education or something that younger children can start to incorporate, you know, that, that in itself is something that is such a driver, isn't it? It's not, and it's not based around money. It's, it's, it's for you anyway. It's purely giving. So that, that's such a good thing. But um, Paul, that, you know, just... That is absolutely amazing, everything you've said. And uh, even for myself, that I think I'm going to listen back to this with a, uh, a pad and a pen, mate. <laughs> but uh, no, I really do appreciate that. And I'm sure um, 
I'm sure we'll catch up at some point at a uh, conference summer. Great stuff, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No worries. And um, I'll speak soon. Thanks very much, man.